the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I have never had to say to the branches that they should abide in the tree or we wouldn't have any fruit. I've never had to get up in the middle of the night to check up on them or come home unexpectedly and found the branches running around away from the tree. They abide and they bear fruit. You, you think I'm being ridiculous. However, many Christians think they can live like the devil all weekend on Saturday night and then come in and serve the Lord on Sunday. Are you familiar with Jesus' illustration about uh, being the true vine? That's where Pastor Layton is coming from and where he'll be going as we continue another edition of Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno with Pastor Teacher uh, Layton Sheely. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to follow along, open your Bible to the New Testament, uh, Book of John, and the 15th chapter. I tried to be a really good dad. Praise the Lord, in spite of me, I turned out with two great kids. Thank you, Crystal. I tried to do you the best dad I could. But there are decisions I made as a dad I wish I could go back and change. Our Heavenly Father is so perfect, you'll never hear our Heavenly Father say, I wish I could go back and change the way I discipline one of my children. Because whatever his discipline is, it's always for good. God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained this way. I love Pastor J. Vernon McGee. I love some of his stories. And he told a story about this. He said, one of the reasons so many God's children get hurt by this method of pruning is that they get so far from God, so far out of fellowship. The closer we are to God, the less it will hurt. Hear that again. The closer we are to God, the less it will hurt. And then he talks about a childhood story. He says, I can remember playing hooky from school when I was a boy. And we left our books at school and took off for the creek and went fishing. Although we didn't catch any fish, we had a lot of fun. And we came in about the time that school was out to get our books before going home so our parents wouldn't suspect that we had played hooky. The principal of the school figured we would do this. And when we walked into the room, he walked in right after us and said, Boys, I'm glad to see you. We had to go to his office and wait while he got his switches. We'd been through this before. You know, it's a remarkable thing that many of the great pastors were rascals when they were younger. We'd been through this before. One of the fellows with me had been through this many times. And he gave me some of the best advice I ever had. He said that when the principal started switching or spanking, we should move a step closer each time instead of backing off. The closer we were to him, the less it would hurt. So for the first time he hit me, instead of stepping back, I moved in right close to him. In fact, I got so close I was where his hand was. And he wasn't hurting me at all. I tried to wear extra thick pants and things like that. That didn't work so well. I got so close, I was where his hand wasn't. He wasn't hurting me at all. I've learned that that's really good advice when the Lord chastens us also. 
For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. His chastening is not a sign that he's against us. He's trying to get fruit out of our lives. We tend to complain and move away from him, but if we draw close to him, it won't hurt so much. The pruning in this verse literally means cleansing. So the Lord comes into our life. He lifts us up. He washes us off so that we can bear fruit. How does he do this? And he gives us the answer in the next verse, verse 3. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now, the word here is a reference to Jesus, not just what he said, but the example and, and what he did and so forth. And this had taken hold in the lives of those disciples. And the question then for us is, how do we get our lives cleaned up? How do we make it so that we can produce more fruit? Well, fruit comes by a commitment to the word of God and being receptive to the word of God and by staying in the word of God. That's what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119. He says, how shall a young man cleanse his way? And how shall a young man walk in a clean way? And then he gives the answer, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. According to the word of God, according to the scriptures. As we say in the scriptures, it purges, it cleanses, it prunes us. As we dig into God's word, God, God's word digs into us and removes the things that are not pleasing to God. God uses his word as a pruning knife because it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit both, 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 of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. In Psalm 119, the psalmist wrote, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. It was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. And so, if you're dirty or downcast, then the Father will come and he'll pick you up. And he'll clean you off through his word. Whether it's in a morning devotion or in a Bible study, or in a Sunday school class, or in a sanctuary where the Word of God is being taught. Being in a place where the Word of God is being taught has a cleansing effect on our lives. That's what Jesus was saying in verse 3. Verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, the word abide, meno, means something that remains where it is. It endures. It continues in a fixed state. And in this context, the word means maintaining an unbroken communion with Christ Jesus. Now, here Jesus uh, emphasizes, emphasizes two important truths regarding spiritual conduct. He says, first off, that all true believers, those who truly abide in Christ, will bear spiritual fruit. There's no such thing as a fruitless believer. And then secondly, he says that believers cannot bear fruit on their own because whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, there are times when believers have lapses and they fail to have the God's, be faithful to the vine, but a true branch can never perpetually fail to produce fruit. Now, some people have various concepts of what this fruit must be. Some people think it's success. 
or size or something like that, but Scripture always defines it in terms of spiritual qualities. It, it is not necessarily soul-winning, but soul-winning can be a byproduct of the fruit itself. The fruit that's being referenced here is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's this fruit that's being referenced here that is present in the life of a true believer that is connected to the vine. And when we're connected to the vine, it's going to produce effective prayer and perpetual fruit and effervescent joy. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatever you ask, it will be done for you. That's effective prayer. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. That's a reference to perpetual fruit. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That's talking about effervescent joy. And when somebody is filled with this and experiencing this, the believers experience powerful prayer and fruit and joy, people are going to be attracted to that person. They're going to want to know what the secret is. And the secret is Jesus. And being connected to Jesus. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Now, here, God is, the Father is glorified both in the bearing of fruit as well as in continuing to be disciples. And there's this thought that he's trying to communicate here, and that is that discipleship is not static. God made things to grow, and he expects us to grow. And the true disciple is always growing and becoming more of a disciple. Some people think that being a Christian is just fire insurance, escaping the fires of hell. And then they just sit there and do nothing. Sometimes month after month, sometimes year after year, sometimes decade after decade. It should never be. God didn't save us just to keep us out of hell. He saved us so we could have a relationship with him. A connection with him. And when that happens, he is glorified. Verse 9, as the fathers loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments... If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Again, J. Vernon McGee's got a wonderful story. It says, abiding is a continuing communion. That's the relationship between branch and vine. I have a ranch here in California which grow four four avocado trees, three orange trees, and one tangerine tree. I have never had to say to the branches that they should abide in the tree or we wouldn't have any fruit. I've never had to get up in the middle of the night to check up on them. Or come home unexpectedly and found the branches running around away from the tree. They abide and they bear fruit. You you think I'm being ridiculous. However, many Christians think they can live like the devil all weekend on Saturday night and then come in and serve the Lord on Sunday. I happen to know this because I tried that for years. My friend, we must be in constant communion with him to bear fruit. That means when you wake in the morning, when you're, you're at the desk at the office, when you're driving your cars in the streets, you are abiding in constant communion. Well, how do we abide in communion, in, in, in Jesus' love? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. See, obedience is the key to abiding in Christ's love. And then he turns to himself as an example. He says, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that your joy may be that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is one of the favorite uh, sayings of uh, the Apostle John. You know, there's some people who have this concept, 
miserable concept of Christianity that we're being invited to have a cheerless, barren, eternal experience. We're going to sit around on clouds and strum the harp for eons or whatever. I mean, they just have some... That's not what God wants for us. He wants for us to experience joy in all of its fullness, in all of its abundance. You see, the problem is, is some people try to live in both worlds. And when you do that, you only end up with the worst of the both worlds. Unfortunately, that's not always easy to understand or easy to grasp, and sometimes it takes a lot more years than we would like to get a full understanding of just exactly what happens in our lives when we disconnect from the Lord. Pastor Leighton Sheely is in the book of John, the 15th chapter, where Jesus talks about being the true vine, and we'll continue tomorrow at this same time here on Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout, so glad you've joined us, and I hope you can come back tomorrow, and I hope you'll uh, share with your friends the fact that this broadcast is on the air. We appreciate that, and if you'd like to become a part of this ministry, You can join with us when you go to the website at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Pastor Layton will be back tomorrow to open the Word of God and help us study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.